Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bottled. The 10th episode today is with Chris Bukharm. In this episode, we discuss work motivation, finding friends at work, what keeps employees engaged, open-mindedness, secrets of the world, and how the pandemic is shaping how children think. Please enjoy. But how do you feel, man? Just leaving work and just having a clean slate to, to begin. Good man, like it's a, it's a good feeling just knowing you know fresh start, fresh opportunities. Yeah. Knowing that you know I don't need to wake up and I've got my Monday to Friday grind at a job that I know that I don't want to be out for my future. So it's just like mm. thinking in my head, why am I why am I doing this to myself every single day mm. when I know I'm for myself? It's not it's not right for me. So I'm just like I'm not getting no gets no benefit out of it yeah and that's when i realized like, i'm like you know i just got to make the step just to do it to mm. me but in the long run if you think about it it did help you didn't grow as a person oh, with the experience like, some of the skills attributes friendships things like that yeah and and you know got from that role like mm. it's i'm never going to meet some of these people again that were as good to me as they were like when i was working there it's, that's such a beautiful thing you said the yeah. friendship I, I, I love the fact that you've mentioned friendship because when I go to work I want to make friends as well a lot of people say you go to work do your shit go no. home I don't believe in that I like that no. uh, you've got to make relationships you've got to have friends there yeah not for sure yeah and uh, just you know uh, and when I think about the work um, the first day I came in there was one person who greeted me with uh, with a, with genuine intentions that was you Chris and that's precisely why I'm so excited for this episode. Welcome to Bottle. Thank you so much, bro. I'm glad to be on you. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was crazy because you know, the first day I thought about the podcast, I thought I made a, a mental list of people I want to have in the podcast because I want to just talk to people, just have the know how they feel and think about life. And the fact that you know you came into my mind just shows how um, how good of a person you are, bro. Thank you, my man. Appreciate yeah. it. Like it's just. All, all I want is just, you know, someone coming to a new, new, new job, obviously there's nerves, there's, they don't know what to expect, you know, any part that I can play just to ease their nerves and just show that like, you know, there's, there's good guys here, we're going to be good mates, like that's, yeah. that's what I'm about, man, like exactly. be, be good to each other and, you know, no one wants to work, let's be real, let's make work enjoyable. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I, I was talking to Marlo yesterday and he sent me a message saying, hey, Chris is leaving, did you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I know he's coming to the podcast tomorrow. And he was uh, gutted as well because uh, a good person was leaving work. And it's probably for the best because you're starting a clean slate like we talked about earlier. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. Start a clean clean slate, fresh opportunities for me, like figure out what I want to do, um, what I want to study for my future. And it's just, it's... Yeah, an opportunity for me just to figure out what I want to do and take the time to focus on me mm. and start, yeah, start fresh. Yeah, and that's the thing, that's the beauty of being 23. You're 23, right? 24, just 24. Ah, yeah, yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah, same age, right? Sorry. That's the beauty of being 24, that you've got a world of options out there. Exactly, man. So I thought, you know what, I can afford to do it now rather than in five, six years, like leaving a job when you're 30 with no real plan, just hoping that you're going to find something, what to do, what's going to be yeah. enjoyable for you. It's a bigger risk, but I'm, I'm 24. Like, I don't have huge commitments right now. So it's just, you know, I, I save for months so that for this day that I can just leave and not have to worry financially, but worry more what I'm going to do for my future in terms of career growth and those sort of things. And that, so that's why I made the step and the decision to do what I wanted to do, just go out my own and figure it out yeah 100 figure, figure what's best for me yeah and in a job like ours where we've got to communicate at all times like for like seven eight hours a day having that experience for two years just talking to hundreds of people um in a week or maybe even more 150 it just gives you a very um critical skill in life it's just talking to people and just communicating and understanding what they're looking for while also maintaining that um, that relationship and that I know how you say customer service it applies in life as well uh, 100% you know like on a day-to-day -day basis I'll get 
a customer that's 80 years old and you know i have to speak really loud for her i have to do that whereas i'll get a, a young guy that's you know from my area from banks and he's like hey bro how you doing how you doing like that yeah. so i would dap I'm like oh how can i help you mrs smith We're to you. yeah doing good things mate how you doing like it's yeah. just adapting to different skills and different communications when you meet people and like you can tell how you're gonna have to cater that conversation like if it's an old person you're gonna have to speak like very slow and clear yeah whereas then you can tell straight away if it's a young cool guy is just like calling you bro on the phone and all of that you're like all right this guy's chill like yeah and yeah like you you learn communication in terms of how you can communicate with someone the best way to communicate with them that's a skill that i know i'm gonna have for life working in course and it's like mm. although i can't say that i've enjoyed every single moment of it i've enjoyed definitely the skills and attributes that come with it yeah 100 see it's I've, i'll be honest with you i've never heard of anyone who works nine to five say they enjoy their job Honestly, that's 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 the truth. I guess it's the little things you enjoy, as in the learnings, the friends you make. They're just the little moments that happen at work. The job itself, it's very hard to enjoy. Even if you're a doctor or a pilot, it's um, it, it's crazy to have that level of satisfaction on the job. Yeah, no, for sure. Like you know, as you said, nine to five, no one really wants to be on that grind every single day, Monday to Friday. Unfortunately, like we have to do it. We have mm. to figure it out in terms of you know, it's good as we've got to make the bread we've got to figure out yeah um what's going to get us paid and if that's the way to do it yeah that's the way to do it but it doesn't make everyone happy so nah. um but you think about it you know i always thought about this thing like someone told me you got to work monday to friday nine to five you only have saturday and sunday to yourself so that's like five out of seven days it's like over 70 percent of your time is at work so you know try and find something that's enjoyable for you because it's going to take up 70 percent of your life so yeah do what and, you love they say and, yeah and like it's hard to find what you love when it comes to work but mm. um that's something that you know i'm trying to find trying to figure out yeah. just to be i guess more happy in my own self and knowing that i'm going somewhere with with myself like where i can actually grow and develop as a person mm. i feel like the five day work week you know if you talk about it i feel like that's a lot to spend in a, in a job um, a lot of companies um, around the world, especially uh, Microsoft in Japan, they've introduced a four-day work week where people are spending three days at home with their family doing the things that make them happy. And work as well, not that it may not make them happy, but they were spending four days uh, of a week at work and then three days at home. And that has been uh, efficient for them. And France as well. Uh, I believe the entire country is on a four-day work week right now. Yeah, well, I've, I've found, like, I've actually looked into that as well. And mm. the studies actually show that people's mental well-being, their state of mind has been so much more significantly better when they're working only four-day weeks and they've got an extra day to just relax and be with their families compared to, you know, working Monday to Friday and then you only have two days to just do everything and crammed all in one week. Yeah. And then go back to on the grind again Monday to Friday. Like, no one really wants to do that. Let's be real. Yeah. And are you really being recognized for the job you do? A lot of people around the world? Uh, I, I, I don't think so. Because everyone wants to make money. The CEO to the janitor to a person in the middle level, like us, like entry level. Um, everyone wants to make money. They all want to be efficient. They want to have their savings. But are we really being recognized or are employees in general around the world being recognized in a proper way for the work they do is no, the question. D definitely not. I don't think there's enough recognition at all. Like yeah. People, you know, they, they're on the grind. They work their ass off to chop for this company. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's the middle guys like us that are essentially keeping them in the business. You know, we're, we're the front line of service. We're, mm -hmm. we're communicating with these customers every day. And then, you know, we don't get much recognition or appreciation of what we actually do. Like, yeah. You know, average wage um that's the main part is it's just an average average wage for most of the jobs that we do and we do more than more than our fair share to actually contribute for the company i feel like exactly, everyone yeah. deserves a bit more for what they do you know we we have to deal with all the crap we have to deal with people that are unhappy and the higher ups don't have to because they've already they've already been there done yeah. that and but it's just not enough recognition for the guys that are just unfortunately the, the shit kicker jobs yeah <laughs> the frontliners yeah. exactly and here's the thing about being in a job for too long once you do that you become comfortable and you forget what the um how um, what getting your hands dirty mean to be honest like it's nobody's fault it's it's just the way the system works once you're in a job for a few certain years you forget where you started yeah, 100%. And that's when it comes to a, a big thing of me for like humble beginnings, you know, remember yeah. where you came from, 
you know, you started off just like this person. And that, that's why when I, you've seen, you mentioned at the start of this podcast about when you came as a, as a fresh person to, into the into the role and, you know, you, you were nervous, you didn't know what to do. And I came and I approached you because I know what it's like being on there on the first day. You're nervous, you don't know what to do. And just having someone to help you through it because they, they, they know what it's like to be new at a, in a job. And it's just like, it's a feeling where you just like, you want people to be able to, you know, get down to your level and realize like, you know, I've been there before. It's not an easy place to be and just yeah. help each other out. Because for anyone who's started a job in the past, uh, which I, th- I believe is a majority of them listening to the podcast, the first day is always nerve wracking. It's like, whoa, who do you talk to? Who, who Who's that person? Like, Am I going to be appreciated? Is my presence going to be appreciated? That's, that's the most important part for me because if I'm in a room with people, I'd like to be um, given attention to. Like, you know, at least even if I don't talk or if I'm not contributing, if my presence is appreciated, that's uh, I feel comfortable, and that's that's what people like you did on that day. Yeah, thanks, man. And like, obviously, that's the whole purpose: is everyone wants to be appreciated and recognized. Mm. It doesn't have to be in a huge way, but at least acknowledge them as a person, and that they, you know, everyone has feelings. Everyone wants to be like, you know, I guess included in the conversation or made feel welcome, especially when it's a new environment. Yeah, they don't know what's there. They don't know. You know, there's already enough nerves and things on their mind. The last thing they want to worry about is, is this person going to be nice? Is, you know, am I going to feel welcome? And it's just, if I can ease people's mind, just be like, hey, man, how you doing? Like, you know, if you mm. need any help, I'm here, holler at me. Like, yeah. just, just to give them a little peace of mind to know they're not alone for the for the crap, you know what I mean? 100%. You know, a few years ago, I was, uh, do you want to blow the candle off? It's getting a bit too strong, do you think? I'm, I'm fine. You're I'm, fine? I'm, yeah, I'm, all good. You. Yeah, perfect. Up yeah. to you, uh, Maybe I'll just blow it off. All right, easy, easy. It's a beautiful smell. Yeah, nice aroma in the air. Yeah, you know the thing about smell is that bring that takes you back to a certain point in time. Like let's say for example, have you ever smelled um, eraser, like the um, school eraser? Oh yeah, yeah. Like it takes yeah. you back to school if you realize, if you think about it, it takes you back to school. But for me, it does because the smell is registered in the brain and it's linked to memories as well. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, a perfect example is that fragrance I was in the air. Uh-huh. I remember being in Fiji for my sister's wedding and I was getting a, a massage and the, the room was filled with a very similar scent to that. And actually, when I walked in, I was like, oh, this feels like feels like the same scenery of when I was getting yeah. a massage in Fiji. Feel back nice, you know, blue seas and nice visions in my head. Yeah, it's just very comfortable, right? Yeah. Nostalgic. Yeah, no, it's, yeah you got great nostalgia, exactly. 100%. That's why perfume companies are uh, cologne organizations. They, they research on these things. And it's uh, there's a, there's a there's a massive study going on many years ago about how uh, companies can make a cologne that can trigger a certain sense of missing someone, missing a person. So yeah, it was, it's a massive study of smell as well around the world, and that's crazy linked to nostalgia as well. Yeah, exactly. Like mm. for example, um, I you obviously know me to always be the guy that wears oh. fresh, fresh colognes, fresh perfumes <laughs> at work. Massive and the amount of beautiful people, ones. <laughs> the amount of people at work that say, oh. I hate that smell. I'm like, why? I'm like, it's a nice smell. I was like, no, it reminds me of my ex-boyfriend. And I was exactly, like, yeah. and I'm like, oh, sorry that it makes you feel that way, but it's a good smell. Eh? They're like, yeah, it's a good smell, but it brings back bad memories. And it's exactly mm-hmm. what you touched on. It's just, it brings back, you know, memories of whether it be good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's funny how your brains can connect the smell to a certain time of the life. A hundred percent. Yeah. But it could work well for that person. It could work. It could be a disaster. Yeah, like if exactly. It, yeah. If it brings back good memories, that's good. Um, but yeah, uh, we were talking about, uh, what were we talking about? Um, about the first day at work yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, man uh, Chris I'm going to tell you I'm going to miss you at work it's, it's, it's precisely because of the fact that you know the world needs good people out there 100% and when I say good I don't know how you are to be honest with you to be entirely honest with you I know you as a person at work you're my friend come to the podcast we have good conversation but I define you as good because you appreciate someone's presence thank yeah. you I'm definitely going to miss you as well and it's what, what you touched on is exactly we don't know each other in terms of our everyday personal mm. life but the encounters we have with each other they're always pleasant experiences and that's what makes us good mates is we don't need to know everything about each other but no. we know you know we respect each other and we're always gonna you know be mates mm-hmm. you know you need something i'm there you vice versa 100 like it's it's the point being is you don't need to i guess live in someone's pockets know everything about them but you can still be mates with them without having to like know you know are they really a good person if they're good to you it doesn't matter like yeah you know you can come across people that are you know they 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 steal they do all this crap 
but if you don't see that like they're just good to your face it's like you've had no bad experiences with them whatever mm. like yeah. what, how does it affect yeah. you and it is what it is like you know yeah. you that's that's life it goes that way yeah and that yeah that that is so true because you know the more you get to know someone the more i believe could be a good thing and a bad thing as well like when you appreciate someone from far away you're like okay so that person's doing that that person has a certain personality that i like they're good to me i'm good to them that's it you have a very nice relationship with them right the more you get to know them that's when the intricacies start yeah that yeah. that's right i guess um, when you're taking more time of the day, spending more time with a person, you're going to get to know them more on a personal level. Yeah. And, you know, that's the whole thing about, you know, the more you get to know the person, you, you're going to get, get to know everything about them. And, you know, you can know something, you, you can think you know something about a person until you actually like you're with them every day or you see them every day. You, you're not going to know everything until you, you really experience that. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's how life is a roller coaster. Like that's how you meet the right person or the wrong person. Like the more you get, that's where you got to get to know people. Uh, that's, um, that's, that's just how things function, whether it's your romance, whether it's your, you know, business partner. But yeah, meeting the right person is uh, so fucking important. Yeah, I was talking to Brian as well from episode three, uh, a very good friend of mine. He's like 23. He has his own organization and he met a friend, Matthew, and they started this business together. Episode four was... Oh, <laughs> sorry about that. Man. All good, bro. Um, episode four was Nikki and she um, and Jackson, my friend, are together. They've been together for nine years. And um, we were talking about importance of meeting the right person, regardless of what sector in life that is. Um, and it's so fucking true, right? You've got to yeah. meet the right person in order to push your life forward. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you can, it's just, it could be a matter of fate. You know, you meet the right person at the right time and that, I guess, motivates you to do something that you want to do. Like, it's it's a weird part of life that you you just don't know when the right place, the right time is going to be. Like, you know, I don't know if I'm making the right decision, mm-hmm. right place, right time right now to leave and leave work and not have essentially a backup plan just to take a big leap of faith and just you know try find something that i enjoy to study and figure out what i want to do but mm. it still comes yeah well you mentioned the right place the right time and that's pretty much everything friendships relationships work everything it all relates to just is it the right place and the right time to do it yeah and you never know until you really risk it exactly yeah you've got to give it a try uh, only then you i was talking to an 80 year old lady on the phone one day right and when i was working for travel insurance many months ago as soon as the person's above the age of 70 i like to ask them one simple question what's your tip for me for a 26 year old guy just on the phones what's your tip for me come on give it up give it to me and um this lady said never say that's not going to happen to me because you never know life, how life's going to turn out. Tomorrow, like you said, man, you could meet someone tomorrow and so many turn of events, very small events led you to that. It's just crazy. The right person at the right time. And yeah. when that happens, it's just, if you think about it, so many small things happen. If you decided not to go to the coffee shop on that day, you wouldn't meet that person. Yeah, no, exactly. Like you just, it's a fear of the unknown, really. Like you don't know if you don't do this, if you don't risk it. You're not going to know what gain you're going to get out of it. Yeah. You know, it's like as simple as, you know, you decide to go to a party. Or you think in your head, oh, I don't really know anyone. I'm nervous. I don't want to go to the party or like what, I'm going to be bored because who am I going to talk to? But then you meet some of the best people in your life when you go to that party. Mm. So, you know, you'll find some some random person that's also there bored and like also just got invited by they don't really know anyone else there. Yeah. And then you, you, you know, you guys kick it off. You start talking and you become very close mates from it. Yeah, like, exactly. Just, you know, sharing common interests like you and I guess uh, understanding like we're both, you know, both in the corner. We both don't really know anyone at this party. We're like, oh, you know, when's the right cue to start trying to interact with someone? And and then we both look at each other and we're like, oh yeah, bro, like this guy looks like he's alone too. He's got invited and he only knows the host, but he doesn't know anyone else in the yeah. party. And then that's when you just you click, you kick off. You know what I mean? Yeah, and all of that because you decided to say yes to yourself. I'm gonna go even though I'm alone. Yeah, and I'm, I'm very much that person. Like you know I me, mean? I'm I'm confident in terms of approaching people, talking to people. Mm and it's always i had that in the back of my mind it's like what's the worst that's going to happen is the guys are either they're either going to say no they're not going to be interested yeah or just like whatever i didn't lose anything out of it i just i gained the potential experience or a potential like potential friend whatever like it just yeah. you, you've got to seek discomfort yeah, yeah only sure. then yeah because comfort is very subjective it depends on you know where you are who you uh who, who you meet what type of person you interact with and it's just comfortable comfort for someone uh is all about learning you know how sweet people say i'm not comfortable doing this or i'm not comfortable doing that true you have experiences that don't go or align with that particular task you're doing but if you're open 
to learning about that experience, but even then you're saying I'm not comfortable, then you're really detrimenting yourself. Yeah, for sure. And I always say to people like, you know, I'm not like Gandhi or anything like that. Like, I'm not like a motivational speaker, nothing like that. Or maybe I'm, you are. Nah. <laughs> it's just like, I feel, you know, people say, oh, I don't want to do this because I've never done it before. Or I'm scared because I don't know what's what's going to be. It's like, I can't, it goes back to the thing. Like, if you don't know, if you don't try, you don't risk anything. 100%. How are you going to know what's good for you? Like, mm. it's as simple as, you know, opening yourself up for exposure. You don't know what's going to be out there and what beneficial gains there for you yeah one of the best concerts i've had in the past was uh with quarterline i went to the concert by myself alone i was like i, I checked the the facebook page uh quarterline's coming in i've got nobody who listens to quarterline i was like nah i can't miss these guys i've got to go and like you said that was the best concert one of the best concerts i've had in a while because i went to the floor just you know grabbed a drink started dancing and then people joined in we had a good laugh we had a good conversation went out grab a few more drinks and that's it we went home and it was just a nice night yeah like i guess it's you know you decided like fuck it i'm gonna do what i want to do i'm gonna go out on my own you know what's the worst gonna happen i'll just i'll just watch listen to live music on my own it's not a horrible night you could yeah what's worse you could just be sitting at home doing like fuck all where you're, exactly, going, you're yeah. going out you're seeing a live band that you like yeah but instead you went <laughs> out yeah. yeah you went out you seek discomfort you talk to people you in a way you enhanced your skill as well yeah, for sure. And I I was never in, I'd say only when I started working in hospitality is where my confidence came out in terms of speaking to people mm. and communicating. I was always like a shy, reserved kid in the corner. I just didn't really want to open up again and talk to people except for people I knew. But, you know, when you get exposed to environments where you have to communicate with people, it's it brings you out of your shell. And that's what I like. It's just yeah. you don't know what you're going to get. and. You, you learn so much by talking to new people. A hundred percent, yeah. Every person has something new to share and something you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's, what, what are you going to, um, I guess, learn or experience if you don't really get, just push yourself to get out there and figure out what you want to do yeah. in terms of like making a conversation with someone or um, as simple as just deciding to approach a random guy that's sitting on a bus, like a bus stop corner and he looks lonely. Like yeah. just, you never know what gain you're going to get. This guy could give you some of the best advice in your life and exactly. you just don't know. Or you could just be a complete idiot and just wasted your time. But, yeah. it's but that's okay. But that's the, that's the yeah. I guess, you don't know what you're going to risk. Like yeah. it's, that's the risk. You just, like, you just go for it. Yeah, exactly. Even if he's an idiot, he's going to teach you something. Maybe one day you'll write a book, write about that guy. <laughs> the, the day I met the idiot on the bus stand. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And it's yeah. just like, you know, if I didn't approach this idiot, I might have thought to myself like, Oh, why, why do they even decide to just approach a random guy? But I had a laugh out of it. Like, I, yeah. I got something enjoyable out of it. Exactly. Now, I'm of firm, firm belief that every single experience, every single person you meet has something to contribute to your life. It's about uh, what Steve Jobs said. It's about connecting the dots. One day, it's all the experiences, all the events, all the thoughts that you have had will lead up to something immensely beautiful. Yeah, and 100%, I believe that there's bigger picture out there that every series of events in our life is going to link to one day it's you know it's people say it's you know it's death like you know one day we're all going to die and you know we all the friendships everything we've met like it's all going to just be linking up to dying but there's so much other events out there that's huge that we just we can't fathom what's gonna be there in the future yeah. and, and and i'm yeah i'm excited for like the unknown people say like they they fear the unknown and all of that i'm i'm excited for what what potential like future events can happen exactly yeah and that uh, that that my friend is the beauty of life like it's 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 a roller coaster one day you're having the best time in your life you've got friends you've got the things that you always wished for you've got a job that you enjoy uh possibly at first or even later in the future but you never know when that when the lines when the curve is going to go down when the tipping point is going to come but the most important thing is to look forward just to look forward and just you know imagine that there's a bright future out there yeah no for sure what you said meeting the right people the right time all of that sort of things like i i not that i didn't have many friends i always had a big social group but i never had close friends like many close friends yeah that i thought like you know when people say who's your best friend i've just got like you know one or two guys that think in my head but i'm like do i really only have one or two guys that i i can rely on for anything and all of that and then i one of the, one of those boys that is in that category his name is phil he invited me to join the soccer team mm -hmm. and man from day one of joining soccer like from this team yeah is everyone just feels like a brotherhood like we're with each other every single weekend now saturday night no matter what yeah is, the, is a guarantee and friday's a maybe 
and we're just we're always with each other we're always having a laugh and we've been literally going out every single weekend for probably since soccer started wow. for two years and it's just like i've known these guys only for two years but I'm, i've been with them almost 52 weeks in the year that it feels like i've known these guys for an eternity and it all comes down to like you know you just meet the right people at the right time like i i didn't realize that i needed like soccer and like another yeah. I guess social group in my life but and then I meet these guys and I was like, fire out, these guys are fun. They're like, they're bringing yeah. new, I guess, new energy in my life. Like, yeah. it's like, fuck, I love going out with these boys. I love that, like, you know, these guys share the same passion with me, soccer and go- going out and just, I'm always, I always want to go out. And I just had the people like, oh, we went out last week, bro. I don't want to go out again. Whereas these guys are like, let's go out again. Let's go out again. And like, yeah. that's why I'm like, when people say at work, like, oh, you're going out this weekend? I'm like, bro, you even need to ask. You know, I'm going out every Sunday yeah. I'm at the pub. <laughs> that's what um, it is. Man, you've got to have these people in your life. Yeah. Just people who resonate to you as well. The reason why you go out with them is because they're your kind of people and they have to be. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Like, you get the, it's out there, social. They always want to just... Yeah have fun and go out like yeah exactly and, and you you can have different philosophies you can have different experiences but the you know how i call it the pillar of life your life is being held out held by various pillars maybe with your group one of the pillar is the fact that you're all open-minded and you, you've got that's why you're good friends yeah exactly like i guess being open-minded is such a good thing because you don't know like you know what the what you can learn from a new person you don't know what you can just get out of just as simple as i you know i'm nervous because i'm i'm everyone knows i'm not like the most technical technically gifted soccer player or anything uh-huh. by anything like that but i just i joined there just with the right attitude that i'm just going to work like work my best with these boys and i'm just going to be a nice guy and um the first thing our captain said to my mate phil uh-huh. he didn't ask was he good was he a good player you know has he, does he score 100 goals is he a good goalkeeper all he asks is is he a good bloke <laughs> and Phil's like oh yeah he's the best bloke he goes i don't i haven't seen him play soccer though and and He's like, oh, he goes by lyrics because he's a he's a rapper, and he yeah. goes lyrics is like, don't care if he's a good bloke, he's in the team, and that's that's what made me like, and I, I was in front of him like when he said that, and it made me realize like this guy does not give a fuck whether I'm a good soccer player, yeah, he just really cares if I'm a good person, and that's we he's one of my best friends now, and we get along so well because it's as simple as that. He didn't judge me from the second I met him about oh, is he a good soccer player? Is he this? Mm. Is he that? It's just is he a good person? If he's a good person, he's in my team. If not. He's a, if he's a fuckwit, he's out of my team. Yeah. And I, that's all it was. And that's when, from that first time I met him, I felt just comfortable with him, you know? Mm. You can fix someone's skill or talent or experience, but you can't fix someone's attitude. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what he always worked on. He goes, there's, there's people that in our team that are not technically technically gifted, but mm. they end up being the best players. And we've had two great seasons. We made semifinals both seasons. And my first two years of playing soccer yeah. as a goalkeeper. And it was just all because he put the confidence in me. He said, you're going to be great. And we ended up just fucking killing it. Like, yeah. Do you plan to play professionally in the future? <laughs> not professionally, no way. Yeah. I, I would have had to start playing at like eight years old to be professional. But it's yeah, just, it's a social thing, you know. I played indoor soccer Thursdays, outdoor soccer on mm. Saturdays with the boys. And it's just, uh, it clears the mind, man. It's a, it's a good sport and just, um, a way, it's my way to just, you know, clear my head and get get rid of all that bullshit that's in the back of my mind yeah it's the same as working out uh playing a sport for some people it's playing music um just getting your mind clear of things and i, I talk about this every time that you, you've got to work out and you've got to uh, in order to have a good balance um you, you've, you've got to start doing something something that keeps you moving whether it's your fingers playing a guitar whether it's your feet playing soccer yeah, you've yeah. got to have something to clear your mind. No, for sure. Like when you find something that you really enjoy and it's a passion, it doesn't feel like you're like working mentally hard at anything. So like, you know, you go to work, you have to push your brain so hard mentally to actually do something. Whereas you, you're just playing a guitar, you're relaxing, you enjoy it, or you're playing soccer and you're just out there in, you know, in the fresh air. It's just like you don't need to push your brain to try and enjoy this. This is natural. Yeah. You're, enjoying, you're enjoying it so naturally that... It just becomes second nature that you. I'm like, wow, this clears my mind, and you just love it. Yeah, and you don't want to ever let it go, right? Yeah, no, no, no chance. Like, I, I've always been a rugby league player, and then you know, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, MMA, which I love all of that. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but soccer has just changed me completely. Like, I, I enjoy soccer more than anything. Mm. I saw your jiu-jitsu video where you, <laughs> you, you, where you pinned the guy in like five seconds. Yeah, that, that, that was, was so um, cool. Australian uh, the World Cup in 2006, 
2015, about 2015, I believe. Yeah, that's good exercise as well, right? Jiu-jitsu. A lot of people say it's like you're wearing big. I don't know if you know what the gi is, like the big, um, the big suit that they wear uh-huh, like the, yeah. with the belt around it. Man, you know how hot it is in that thing. And then when you get like a big hundred kilo dude just jumping around you, wrestling with you, and you're like your body heats and crap. Man, it's yeah. it's, it's hot there. It's, it, you sweat like you wouldn't believe. You sweat sometimes more in five minutes of rolling, which is like wrestling and jujitsu, than you do in like twenty minutes of boxing. Sometimes it's just like wow. you're just drenched. Yeah, there's so many sports out there that you don't know about. Especially, I had I had no clue what jujitsu meant. Yeah, I was like, what 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 the hell is that? Then I watched a few Joe Rogan yeah. episodes and then started watching videos. Joe Rogan, the man, <laughs> the man, the, the 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 Godfather of podcasting. For yeah. sure. Have you seen his new uh, studio? Um, no, I haven't been catching up with Joe Rogan stuff recently, but yeah. I, I need to catch up on that stuff. A hundred percent. Guess who's back? Who's back? Alex Jones. Oh, oh God. <laughs> yeah, it's like nine hours in, three point six million views on YouTube, oh, and I, I don't know how many on Spotify. I love this guy, but he's such an idiot with his conspiracy theories. <laughs> I, I know, man. But some of them make sense. I was watching this article. I was reading this article the other day where they were talking about uh, human animal hybrid. Yeah. I was like, whoa. No, he's, he blows your mind with some stuff he says, but then he says other stuff and you're just like, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. it's uh, And sometimes it's fun to listen to him, but you've got a... Joe Rogan's like, you know, dude, can you calm down? I'm having trouble hearing you. I'm I, think, having, yeah. I think my favorite one was when Alex... Like, my favorite just you're an idiot one was when Alex Jones said... The government is putting chemicals in the water to turn frogs gay. And I was just like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Like, yeah. what is it? Like, how does a, a gay frog or a normal frog affect you in any way? Yeah. Like, but then if you probe questions, <laughs> yeah. The, the guy's funny because if you probe questions, he's going to come up with some logic. Some logic that says there are too many frogs in the world. They're, they're trying to make sure they don't reproduce. And then uh, if you ask the source, he's going to say, I know this. <laughs> I've read the documents. <laughs> My favorite one so far is uh, NASA is a breakaway government of Germany. And it's... Uh, he, <laughs> I have heard that one. I've heard him say that before. And I just yeah. pissed myself laughing when he first said it. I just, I know. He, he says some bizarre stuff, but it's just like, he's, what goes through his mind? You just don't know. Like, nah, he's, a, he's had a crazy life. Oh, he's, if, if he continues the way he does, he's going to get shot one day. Man, he mentioned about like, Fuck! I hate to say it, the Sandy Hook massacre, where all those kids got mur- murdered. Mm. He said it never happened. Like he, that he, that was why he got hated. Yeah, because he said that never happened. Like how can you deny that so many kids got I shot know. and killed, man? Like, yeah, he made a mistake. Yeah, no, and then, and then he, he, when he got all that hate, death threats, and all that crap, he's like, he flipped his words around. He's like, oh, I never said it didn't happen. Yeah. I meant, you know, it wasn't about the kids getting killed. It's about gun control in America. Mm. And he tried to flip over his words around. But yeah. it's the fact that he went something as huge as and sensitive topic as like innocent children getting killed yeah. that he decided to say like oh yeah it never happened bro but he got so much hate for it mm. and it's like rightfully so like you're an idiot <laughs> exactly yeah he's got to watch the words as well yeah. and then he says that in the podcast as well the second time he came in yeah. he's like you know I said things that I regret and for, for, you know despite all the good things he's done in his mm. life he became to be known as a Sandy Hook guy yeah like, like, because once you know once um, it's a th- as simple saying as you can do a thousand good things right in your life but you do one bad thing and they'll remember you by that you know he could be a exactly, good guy yeah. but I'm sorry if you say that you know Sandy Hook never happened something mm. as sensitive and as bad as that topic is mm. and you know you're always going to remember remembered as that guy that said Sandy Hook didn't happen like, yeah it's, it's, imagine, it's crazy imagine the family oh yeah the they, family that lost a child yeah no exactly yeah. Like, how would they feel knowing you know I lost my kids in there and this guy's saying it never happened I was like well go through my family members does it look like I have my, my 8 year old daughter still like <laughs> something as simple as that like it's sad yeah it's a sensitive topic Yeah, it's yeah. not about moon landing it's not the same as moon yeah. landing because that's very interesting moon landing as well I want to touch on that as well yeah what, what do you think really happened with moon uh, with, with the oh, landing sorry man like uh, that photo like you know the, the OG photo you can see I don't think uh, that's a real photo yeah. I, I don't know I've always seen it and I always don't think it's real how does it look so close like it, would, it wouldn't look like that in real life I yeah, think. I've read a lot of uh, theory about the moon landing, and one of my favorite ones is they actually did go to the moon, but they lost the footage. Yeah. Is what they said. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, it's possible, very possible. They lost the footage, then they had to recreate it, and they had mm. a few mistakes there, and then, you know, the word started getting but out. But just the way everything's going in terms of like CGI, video effects, and all of that, man, mm. like, look how techni- technology. Technology. <laughs> Look how technical, like technically advanced America is with their technology and stuff. Yeah. So like, they could easily just edit a photo like that and make it look like the first man was in the moon in nineteen was it nineteen sixty four? I think yeah. Yeah. And they can make it look so easy that it's just an edited photo. Like, 
Mm. And people would believe it because people believe anything on the social media these days. A hundred percent. And it's just like I don't believe that's a real photo for some reason. I really don't think that's. You, a real d- photo. you don't think so? No. I, yeah, I feel the same. I feel yeah. like that's a made-up photo, but the the action itself, they oh, did go. A hundred percent. Someone went there. Yeah. But that photo itself. Yeah. Every time I see it, I'm like, never happened. That, that's yeah. not. A, that's not the OG photo. Yeah. There's so many conspiracy theories, man. <laughs> and the, the episode with Alex Jones it was so, uh, another one of my favorite ones. Is a 9/11 towers. Uh, Tower one and two, the big towers, they did collapse. Yep. It was on video. Uh, tower number seven. Yeah, I know, I know this. I no think, impact, yeah. no fire, but it still collapsed. And it's yeah. one of the most mind-boggling mysteries ever. Man, there's so many, like, I've heard so many different conspiracy theories about that. And it's just like how, you know, the whole one jet fuel doesn't melt, still beams or whatever uh, it is. Yeah. Like, that's one of my favorite ones is how the hell, can, you know, when scientists have said that it's impossible for that to melt and just crumble to the ground like that, unless it's like a planned detonation and yeah. things like that. And very and neatly. Just yeah, it's just, just like, like a, a straight, yeah. like, it's just a, literally just a straight drop, drop, like straight down, crumbling perfectly in, in place. Like, mm. it's impossible. I, I never will believe that that was an airplane that caused it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a mystery, man. We, we, uh, do you think you will ever know what happened, what really happened? No, no chance, because America covers up all their, all their mm. secrets and all their dirty laundry, and no one ever knows that except for yeah. the, you know, the New World Order and all the Illuminatists and all that. <laughs> it's very complicated, man. It's never going to yeah. come out. Yeah. And the crazy part is when the planes impacted uh, on the building, when the planes hit the building, uh, people in the basement or the, uh, the first level mm. heard an explosion in the basement as well. Yeah, exactly. It's like, how would you hear it in the basement if it's hitting the top, in the middle of the building? Yeah. It's like, it's definitely like there's way more to the story than just the planes hit and it causes it. How can something, a plane, cause a big building like that to just drop perfectly? Like, yeah. It's simple, simple physics doesn't it doesn't match up to that story. Like, it, mm. when, they, when you've got physicists that have proven that this was impossible for this to happen that way it makes you wonder like what are they covering up as secrets man <laughs> yeah and it's in the midst of all the chaos with all the buildings crumbling down they found the hijackers passport 50 meters from the uh, from the site yeah like, why, why wouldn't that be burnt among the carnage of the, <laughs> yeah like w- what's happening there Exactly. But, yeah, but it's, it's something you can't really know. There's another mind-boggling mystery. Uh, in 2000 in Nepal, I was growing up, and um, one day we wake up, and there's a massive, just people are walking down the street, and there's just neighbors are all out at 7.30 in the morning. It's just crazy what's happening. I go out, um, and everybody's in a sad mood. Everyone's like has a dark face. It's just a dark day. I can feel it. I was like 14. Not even 14, like 10. And... Um, the, that was the day the royal family was massacred. Oh, what the hell? In the palace, yeah. So someone came in, uh, went in, and just massacred the entire royal family in Nepal, year 2000. And uh, it's like 7.30 in the morning, the entire country called the news, and it was just so crazy. And to this day, we do not know who killed them. That's we do still, not know what still happened. Not even, no one's been found guilty of it or nothing? Nope. Nope. So what, uh, according to eyewitnesses, like the workers in the castle or the palace, they say the person who, um, you know, there were, it was a crazy night because they saw multiple people with the prince's mask on. Okay. Walking around the palace. So, like, dressed up, as, you know, there could be, like, an imposter dressed up as him, and one of them just mm. had this radical idea to kill all the family members. Yeah. So, it was the, so apparently, you know, the accusation is that the prince killed him. But um, according to the eyewitnesses, there was, like, Multiples. 50 people, 50 people in the palace with the king's, yeah. uh, sorry, so the prince's you know, face. How do you know who, the, who it really was then? Far out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not as if, you know, that can't be uncovered. You, if people want, that can be investigated. Oh, for sure. But they don't because it's, uh, politics is very complicated. Oh, no, for sure. Like, they don't want to imagine the the widespread chaos of, oh, the, you know, someone in the royal family killed their own family members or organized, orchestrated it. It's going to cause just havoc throughout the news. And then, 100%. And they don't want to release that information. That's why they will never will. Like, you know, that's why we'll never know these big secrets from America, or, you know, that we mentioned in your country, yeah. Nepal, like all of that. We'll never know because nah. it's just covered. Yeah. And I guess it's the, it's it's a perfect example of what they say, you know, some things are better left unsaid. Yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> we can have our own theories about it. We can know that's bullshit. And like, not that it's bullshit. There's more to the story yeah. that we, we don't know and they're covering up. 
um but at the end of the day like it doesn't affect us in a huge way it's just in the back of our minds it's like everyone wants to really know the secret though yeah like what happened you know that is that is so true like it doesn't really affect us like it's uh it's happened it shouldn't have happened you know lives were destroyed um but um you know the world has moved on ever since yeah exactly it's the point being is yeah you just it doesn't affect us you know like i guess personally mm. but it's always just the unknown feeling is in terms of you know what's what is out there what's what's our country hiding from us what's, yeah. what's the there's so much bigger things than us and we just we're just little peas in a peas in a pot and we don't mm. know what, what we're really doing now either. yeah and with the coronavirus as well it's just uh now i feel like it's it's an orchestra and we're the puppets there it's oh, it's I, I never believed i, I said this to all my friends and they all thought I was an idiot but then they got my my concept and my idea they understood it mm-hmm. it's not about the virus it's about taking the power away from the people and just the higher orders having all the power you know we can't go out we can't do this we can't do that it's I feel mm-hmm. like it was always the big power play of course I understand you know there is a virus out there but they exaggerated it to the point that it made it like the biggest worst thing that's ever happened in the world and I yeah. guess 10 times we look look at the Middle East, the Middle East, how how much they've been suffering for hundreds of years, and that never gets mentioned. But then you get coronavirus, and it's the whole world is just like, yeah, oh, we can't go out now, and all this crap. It was yeah. just, I really think it was just all the, the government's all the control, privileged uh, facilities that you had were taken away, and it's a it's a big thing now. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I n- I never believed coronavirus was about the virus. I believe the virus is out there. I believe it does kill people, but mm. I never believed it was as big as it was. Mm. And they just exaggerated it and made people put fear into the people. And that was their plan, put fear into the people and take away our freedom in terms of yeah. we can't go out, we've got to have lockout laws, we've got to have this, we've got to have that. You know, people, like think about the supermarket when all that toilet paper crap happened, where everyone's getting toilet paper. Like they wanted us to be divided, the people like hate each other. And yeah. that's what I really thought it was about. And you know what the scariest part is? What if there's a group of people out there doing this, just masterminding everything that's happened in the past eight months? Like just four or five selected people. I definitely believe that is the case as well. Like I, I believe there's people powerful enough that they can just simple as that. They already had the virus because the coronavirus has been around since I believe it was the sixties. The actual mm. term, and yeah. it just they said so they found the cure or not they found the cure. They've um they've stopped the widespread of it and then they've just re-released it back to the public to start this whole fear into the people again because you know in their eyes it wasn't going how they wanted to go and they, they didn't have the control of the people like they wanted to have the control of the people yeah and i was watching the uh press conference from dan andrews uh in melbourne and uh, so they released uh, they shifted the level uh, to level three lockdown and the way he was explaining how uh and what people can do is in you can meet your grandparents but you've got to go home after you meet your grandparents not what he said but the nature of what he was talking about uh, the the nature of that that media release was just so scary we're being we're being controlled so much like you, yeah. you we're being we're being told what to do what not to do who to meet and when to meet how long to meet them for exactly like you know um you know as i said i'm a big social person you know my my birthday oh i can only have 20 people over my house on my birthday yeah and me and like, only five can dance yeah like <laughs> no it's just like if you've you haven't been to my previous birthdays, we haven't known each other that long. Mm-hmm. But like my my previous birthdays, everyone been to the pub with me. We had at one point we had fifty, sixty people at the pub for my birthday last year. Wow! And that was just like just my close immediate friends, and mm-hmm. there was people that I didn't invite because I'm like we're gonna take up this whole pub, man. Like it was, and it was just select people, just work friends outside of work friends, and just like my my sporting friends. Yeah, and it's just like. Had dead set six tables, or 10, 10 people per table. It was just our group. The whole back row of the pub was just my people. There was about mm. sixty of us, and I was in like crap, bro. This is a big turnout. And then thinking, I look back at it, I was like, now I can only just have twenty people in my house and fifty people total at the pub. Whereas last year, I had more people for my birthday that I could have total at the whole pub itself. Yeah, <laughs> I guess all of this frustration is coming out because it's been dragging for too long. Yeah, no, it's that's like yeah, hundred percent. But for how long is the question? Is it see if if me staying home saves somebody um, with a pre-existing medical condition, um, aged person, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be happy to stay home. I love it. Like it's 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 okay if I if if I can do my part by staying home and saving the world, I can. But the question really is for how long? Yeah, exactly. Like you know, I. I'm very careful, like when I go see like an elderly person now, like because they're obviously more fragile and, and you know they can obviously react a lot worse than someone that's younger and healthier can. But exactly, you mentioned how long, like you know, we've been being cautious now 
mm. majority of us for uh, nearly six, uh, ten months. Really, it's been like January, February, right? Yeah, and it's February, been almost yeah, it's been February. almost a year. Yeah, and yeah, but how long is this going for? Like by now, they should have you know found something to I guess ease the widespread of it and it's just yeah the only way they've done it is by taking away our freedom and it's just we can't do enough and we have to lock it which i'm all for like in terms of it has worked the the methods of you know we're getting confined to our own houses and it's making the the cases um obviously less but it's just like you feel at some point like they're just taking away our freedom mm. And that's when you think about uh, countries where it all started, like China. Yeah. Um, they're getting it back now. It's it's so funny. <laughs> China. <laughs> you saw the um, uh, the picture from Wuhan, the party that went on. Yeah, I did see that. The pool party. That was that was I think in August when Melbourne was all uh, starting to spike up again. Yeah, it's like wow, this is twenty twenty, and it's a party going on. Yeah, I know. It's like well, we we can actually have parties now. Yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't the case. It's a, I, I feel like it's not going to be the case for a few months more until uh, January. I would say yeah. Like I, I still think mid next year is when things will like slowly slowly start going back to our, what we consider our normality. Um, but yeah, like either way, it's been a challenging year for everyone in terms of adapting to what we have to adapt to yeah um which i'm not i don't hate on it like in terms of you know it teaches you as a person how to adapt to any situation and to figure things out but i still just think that yes the virus is out there 100 percent, i know that mm. but it's just that they've exaggerated it so much to the point it's just like is this really what it's about is it just yeah. about the virus or is it about much more Mm. Like, look at the content that me, uh, the news media companies are getting. Like, they can write for months now. Like yeah, they can, that, that's what it is. It's just there's so much money that can be made from this virus that they've yeah. exaggerated to the point that everyone's going to be millionaires for you know the up the uppers the mm. the, the, the the people that are powerful. They're going to make so much money off this virus, mm. and just whereas us, just the normal regular civilians, they we, we suffer. Yeah, as an Aldi the other day, a, a box of surgical masks. Yeah. $49. For $49? $49. $49. How many of them? I don't know. Like but 50 you, or something. Like, yeah, possibly, yeah, 50. Still, but it's like this it's, cheap material. I know. And especially in times like these, masks and yeah. medicines should be subsidized. Oh, for sure. Especially masks. Like, yeah, like know. if, you know, I personally never wore masks, like mm. during the whole thing. I just didn't go close to anyone, yeah. like except for my own immediate contacts. Mm. But yeah, like people wearing masks, like it was everywhere. And yeah, you'd expect something like that to be pretty cheap considering the crisis that's going on. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, uh, certain actions must be taken. And Sure. Uh, yeah, and there's one thing that uh, that uh, that's good that came out of the uh the pandemic. It's that people started maintaining distance as in social mm-hmm. distancing. It shouldn't always be there because I love just, you know, being close to people, just dancing with people I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. you know, you go out to the pub, there's nothing better than just, there's that drunk guy and you're just going to, as a joke, dance with that drunk guy I know, and, just and make, him, yeah. make him, make him, yeah, bro, like hugging random and all this bullshit. Like, yeah, and that, that's a good night there. Yeah. Like, that's, uh, I, I want that back. But uh, the only good thing, in my opinion, that happened in the pandemic is that people start maintaining distance because it is a good sign. It's it's a good way to at least stop the spread between one person to the other. Um, but that's it. Yeah, like, it's it, it should be there. Yeah, but yeah, not for too long. No, uh, people exactly. will get, start getting um, annoyed. Exactly, like you can only take away, I guess, so much parts of the people's lives to the point that you know they get to the point where it's just like, how long is this going for, and when am I going to get back my normal life again? Yeah, and, like I get, I'm all for you know improving the health of the country and the people and all of that, but it's just yeah, it's dragged on for too long, in my opinion. Exactly. Yeah, I wonder what a child feels. As a as a small child, as in they don't know what's going on. Well, I know I've got. Um, I think it was one of my old friends. She's a mum, yep. and she's saying to her two kids that they have to explain that you can't high five your friends at school and you can't give your friends hugs and all of that. And as a six seven year old kid, man, Aww. I remember being a six seven year old kid. All I want to do is see my friends and just you know give them a hug, give them a high five, whatever. Yeah. It's like oh, you can't get close to your friends. Exactly. It's because the actual schools were saying that you can't touch each other, you can't give each other, you can't high five your friends, you can't do that. Like. It's just like you're a six, seven year old kid, and you're already taking that freedom away from them. I know. They're, when I was a kid, I used to choke slam my friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, like DDT. I was, I, was a, I was a rough kid, man. I used to just throw people. <laughs> yeah, and we talk about WWE as well in the uh, at work sometimes. It's so <laughs> true. It's, it's WWE is the epitome of uh, uh, of our childhood, I guess. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I was reading about The Rock this morning. 
The Rock is one of my yeah. He's, he's the man. He's he's changed like wrestling entertainment forever. And so humble. Yeah, so humble. Yeah. Like, did you see? I don't know if you saw this article about him two weeks ago. He's recording a movie, and his electric gate wouldn't work, and he didn't want to be late to the recording. Uh-huh. So he ripped his gate apart with his hands, like ripped the gate off its hinges. Wow. Just so that he wouldn't be late to a recording session because he didn't want to let down his people and his team. Oh my god. And I was like thinking in my head, I'm like this guy's the fucking man. Like, you you would think about that. Imagine uh, ripping off your whole electric gate because the motor doesn't work, just so that you're literally not late to record. A whole day of planning because it's going to set everyone back a whole day. Oh my god, the humility! Yeah, he's the man. Oh he's, my he's, god! I looked at that. I'm like, you're, you're the boss. Like, yeah. you're the man. And he's the most followed man on the planet on Instagram. He's one of the richest men in the planet. He's uh, he's what? He's a wrestler. He's a um, he can sing as well. He actor. is everything. An man. actor. He's all around. That he's just he's got that personality where he he can do anything, man. And you can you can enjoy watching him do anything. Yeah. And this one thing I'd love uh, to do in this life is to meet Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. It's like you know, it's it's like you know, I, I, I want to see how a guy can function with um, so such humility and do yeah. so many things and still have the same attitude that he had twenty years ago when he when we saw him on television. It's just, right. so, yeah, it's unheard of. Like, yeah. no one is uh, that mentality that he has. Like, I can't like that work ethic, for example, like. Don't want to, not wanting to let down a team just because my gate can't get out. I had no physical way to get out of my house. Anyone could have just excused him for not being there because he couldn't get out of his house. But he decides to fucking rip apart his whole gate. Mm. I think it costs like 10 grand to replace it mm. just because he didn't want to miss a whole day of recording and let down and push back the schedule a whole day. Yeah. <laughs> That's about, you know, knowing where you came from. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just, you know, we all started, you know, hum- humble beginnings. Like you, you've come from Nepal. Or we born in Nepal, was yeah, Nepal, yeah, 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 born in Nepal, yeah, and you know my my family from Lebanon, and like we've all come from somewhere, and just like figuring out, you know, we got we're blessed with opportunities, and we may as well just take advantage of what's given to us. Yeah, it's it's all about learning, you know, from childhood experiences as well, and that's what the Rock has done. Um, the way he he uh, he has a tequila as well now. Is that tequila? Yeah. <laughs> wow, I didn't ter- know that. Ter- is it whiskey or tequila? Terramano. Terramano whiskey, I think. I don't know. Never heard of it, but uh, yeah. I'm have to suss that one out. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I searched for it. Big W, Dan Murphy's, it's not there. Oh, it's, I think it's just the like American right exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, the the matches that went on many years ago uh, with The Rock, Triple H. Yeah. Oh, well, th- those are the days, man. Like, those were some of the best days of my life. Is watch- As an eight-year-old kid, just sitting back, watching, you know, Wednesday... Uh, 3.30 p.m. comes and uh, remember, still remember the schedule Wednesday 3.30 and Friday 3.30 yeah. Raw was on the Wednesday and Smackdown was on the Friday and I would just always sit on that couch 3.30 to like dinner time 6 p.m. just watching wrestling and like I was in awe I loved just everything about wrestling man yeah. it's one of the best and it's just the, the the music and the intro that just sticks to your head I'm never gonna forget if you smell <laughs> man like it's something about that you just hear the start of the intro and you don't yeah. even need to like say the rest of it you already know that's the fucking rock He's exactly man. yeah nah and he had this uh, the eye thing as well like, the, yeah the eyebrow raise like yeah, the fucking, oh my yeah God. that's yeah. fucking sick what time is it bro? It's all twenty thirty six, bro. Yeah, all good. Yeah, uh, but Chris, um, thanks for doing this, man. It's, no, you're uh, welcome. I'm glad to be on here, man. I have thoroughly enjoyed myself. It's a good experience, man. Yeah, just people talking. It's, there's something about this, right? It's just it's enjoyable, man. Like you know, we didn't even have to try to you know string conversations together. Yeah. It just flew naturally, and yeah, you know, we just just whatever happens, we just went along with it. And it was it was a good man. It was a good chat. Yeah. But man, thanks for being here. I know you've got a lot of things going on. Like you, you're starting a new. Uh, you know, it's it's like a new day from Monday onwards for you, and yeah. I, I, I feel jealous. It's just like it's a weird feeling knowing I'm gonna go to sleep Sunday night and wake up Monday and I don't have to go to that same job that I've been at for you know two years and ten months. Like mm. it's, a, it's a weird feeling for sure. It's gonna feel weird on the Monday, but yeah, yeah, it's a new new beginnings. It's exciting. Yeah, but what we talked about, you know, you never know what's going to happen unless you make that big step. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I feel like it was the right place and the right time for me to make that leap of faith. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, Chris, thanks for doing this, man. Thank you. Um, I'll have you again if you want to come. Definitely <laughs> down, bro. Whenever Perfect. you need, whatever you want, I got you. All good, man. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>